Bonito. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. So I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome to Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Unintentionally Offensive Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 390. That's right, we are fucking 10 episodes away from number 400, which at that point we will probably be canceled. I'm your co-host, Troy. With me this week, Jason is here. What's up? And good to know, uh, just so you know, my my recorder is running, so we're good. Oh, perfect, perfect. And joining us to make this a tripod, Ginger is here. Hello, again from the boonies. Good to be here, good to be back. Sorry I missed last week. There's a and bearded course, threesome up in this bitch. It, it is. <laughs> and of course, a big congratulations again to Ginger on the, on the new member of your family. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. She's doing well. The wife is doing great. So that's all we could ask for. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, sadly, this week we're going to have to yet again start off with some some sad news. Um, so with that, it is Jason. Uh, so this one might not have as big an impact uh, to a lot of fans uh, who listen from other places, but for those of us in the wrestling circles in New England, it was a pretty tough week um, as we suffered a big loss as uh, Big Woody, uh, who many fans know, from APW, Wrestling Star Wars, even back uh, NWA New England's, um, back when it was run by Tony Rumble, um, was a giant, giant piece of the New England wrestling landscape. Um, passed away, uh, been sort of battling poor health for a while. Um, so it wasn't an entirely shocking thing, but it was an absolute gut punch for a lot of us, myself included. I know Ginger as well. Um, so. You know, anybody who knows what he knows that this is like the last fucking thing he'd want anybody to do is <laughs> sit here and, and wax poetic and reminisce, and he'd probably call us all assholes and pussies for doing it. Um, yep. But I'll tell you what, I, it was an absolute honor and privilege for me to get to work with Woody. Uh, I learned a ton. I will never forget the conversations I had with him. Um, I've been added to the APW family uh, in large part because of Woody. Um, and I know that I'm not the only one, and there are people, like I said, um, on, on my Facebook post, there are a lot of people who knew him a lot longer than I did, um, but it doesn't make it hurt any less. So I, I know Ginger also was close with them, so Ginger, I, and I'm sure you have something you'd like to say too. Um, yeah, it was tough. Um, unfortunately, I hadn't, 
talked to him. We had communicated back and forth a little bit since he had departed from Atlantic Pro Wrestling. But um, that guy, I made a long Facebook post about it, and back to your point, he would have slapped the shit out of me because I shed a tear because he passed away. Um, it was – he helped Atlantic Pro Wrestling – so much with storylines, uh, his character and other people's characters. He helped build mine um, to the point where it was annoying other people because of a certain product gimmick that I carried to the ring with me. Uh, but it is absolutely devastating. Um, you know, when I first met Woody. He didn't. He didn't understand my side of the wrestling, you know, the 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 how I saw things. But eventually, he caught on, and me and him, we butted heads to the past and such. But we were always on the same page, and um, he is going to be dearly missed by everybody in New England that is in this industry, um, and farther out as well but uh it's a real tragedy but um he will be sorely missed but i'm sure he's slapping me in the face as a ghost right now as i say these words yeah and some of my favorite times uh in apw who are sort of going squaring up in promos head to head with woody and uh <laughs> we, we got each other pretty good and it was a lot of fun um and, and i think uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, since his passing belongs to Ed Hunt, which is really that there, was, there are three things Woody hated: people feeling bad for him, something else, and fat people. And if you know Woody, that was one of his favorite lines, um, and it made me laugh just to read that. And goddamn Vern Vicalo from Oh my God, that got me, and yeah. I was so mad because it was only two words. Yeah. Out of every post that was online and yeah. Facebook, Twitter, and everything else, uh, I wanted to punch him in the face for making me cry yeah. after reading those two words by Woody. Yeah, uh, and and if you knew this too, you, you you got that and you felt it without a doubt. Um, so from us here at the Rundown Family and our small corner of the wrestling world, uh, we would like to take a minute to give Big Woody Elwood Apt our ten bell salute. There's no easy way to transition from from that into our next thing. So let's talk about hot chicks. That's something Woody uh, loved. Woody would love to yes. talk about hot chicks. So we're good All with right. that. That's a, that is actually a very natural transition. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. So we had another huge week in our hottest female WWE talent tournament, week five. And that was the end of round one. So, yes, you have something to say. 
No? You you moved towards the microphone like you were going to say something. Sorry. <clears throat> so we had seven big matchups. No, I was just told when you're, when you're doing this, you just fucking get to the mic and you suck it like a dick. It's just... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, so our first... Shout out to Kevin first, Smith. Go ahead. <laughs> our first matchup uh, from last Thursday night... So Lana take on Paige, and this one blew the doors off the voting for any other matchup that we've had so far, uh, coming in with a whopping 293 votes. Seven votes away from 300. That's just ridiculous. It was, yeah, it was, it was damn close. So obviously Paige versus Lana, this was a tough first round matchup. So, so before we reveal the results, Ginger, who was your pick? It was pretty tough because those two are hot in their own ways. There was really totally opposite ends of the spectrum, exactly. too, which is, and, and it both was hot. So, yeah, so tough. But I went with Paige. Okay. I don't know what it is about her, but man, she is. I don't know if it's her accent or just the dark hair or what, but yeah, oof, yeah I, I went with Paige on that one. And you know she's in the anal Troy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it 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 was Paige for me as well. Okay. Um, she's she's more my style, I think. Okay. Lana is obviously a beautiful woman, but you know, Paige has got that that element about her that makes her kind of unique. All right. And I have no idea what the results were. I personally went with Lana. Uh, just doesn't for <clears> me. But Troy, take it away. With fifty-one percent of the vote. 150 votes to 143. Oh, jeez. That's right. Seven votes. Seven votes. Paige is going on to the next one. Wow. Wow. I could not not believe how back and forth this battle was. Every time I checked it, the other person would be in the lead. Unlike Paige's asshole, that is tight. Oh, gosh. So we followed we followed that up um, with Friday night's matchup between Natalia and Jesse Alabam. Okay, I went, now, I, went, I went Natalia. Uh, not a surprise that you went with Natalia. <laughs> Me personally, Jesse Alabam, uh, just because I hate Natalia. Ginger, uh, uh, I went Natalia. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Just something about her just catches my eye. See, for me, it was just the competition because I can't stand Jesse Alabon, But <laughs> All right, Troy. All right, so with 118 votes to 65, should be 64.5% of the votes, Natalia moves on. Ah. Good choice. Good choice, peeps. Yeah, I think I finally got one. I've been fucking overruled on a lot of these lately. There you go. <laughs> Uh, well, you definitely got this next one, because Saturday was a bit of a foregone conclusion, as Mia Yim took on Nia Jax. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Okay, so we we know all of us... Which is something Mia Nia Jax couldn't do, because it would break. So, <laughs> so we so we know all of us picked, picked Mia Yim for this. Now... Whoa. 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 Okay, go ahead, Ginger. Just kidding, I'm with Mia. Okay. I know, uh, I know who I know. Adam didn't pick Mia. <coughs> so Troy gets that joke. Long-standing listeners will get that joke. So, so Ginger, how many votes 
do you think Nia Jax got? <laughs> Good exercise. Um, 20. <clears throat> Jason. I'm going to go 13. Okay. Ginger is closest without going over. Yes. With a vote of 163 to 27. Uh, oh. Mia Yim moves on. Hey, some people like the big girls. <laughs> no, I mean, again, we, we have said this every week that we have this tournament. These are all beautiful women. Mm-hmm. There are no losers here other than your box of tissues. So um, Sunday night, we had the second member of the Iconics, Peyton Royce, taking on Zia Lee. Now, Zia Lee, Zia Lee, whatever, however you fucking say her name. It's Zia. Zia is a very attractive woman. Yeah, Zia lost. Let's move on. We know that. So. <laughs> so, so, Jason, how many votes did Zia Lee get? I want to say 13 again, but uh, fuck it, 13. All right. Um, 26. All right. Ginger again gets it with a vote of 157 to 31. Wow. Wow. Peyton Royce moves on. I think it's anti-Australian racism. Now, see, <laughs> so you remember last last week Billy Kay took on MJ Jenkins and MJ got seven votes. So um, Peyton got more votes than Billy Kay, but obviously a little bit stiffer of competition uh, in my pants. So that takes us to Monday, Io Shirai versus Dana Brooke. Now, this is another this close one, right? Now, I know I was I, I'm fairly certain that my selection lost here, but I went with Dana Brooke. Mm-hmm. I think she's low key hot. So that's just me. Okay. Uh Ginger. Zia is Oh, wrong one. That was the last round. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. 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 Who is Eo. this again? My Eo. apologies. I'm Eo Shirai and Dana Brooke. Wrong Eo Asian. Shirai. <laughs> <laughs> wrong wrong Asian uh, country as well. Uh, I'm going EO. Okay. Um, reason being is because of Dana Brooks' new look. I think she looks better, thicker. Yes, I, I like agree, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But overall, I went with with Dana. Yeah. So you, you and I know Troy's a fan of the Asian persuasion, so I already know which way he went. Yo, yeah. Are um, you hanging out with Kraft? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Bob Kraft. Um, I play a lot of Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> so with with the exception of Lana, um, this was the the. Second highest point total of a loser this week. Uh, with a score of 111 to 67. So 62% of the votes. Io Shirai moves on. Yeah. So that takes us to Tuesday. And Tuesday we had an interesting matchup because we had Charlotte Flair against the newly uh, re-acquired Beth Phoenix. I, I still this is a this is under protest for me. Okay. All right. Well who who would you pick between Charlotte and Beth? I went Charlotte. And you guys can listening, if you went to the website, you can thank me for the replacing those pictures that Troy put up there because I found the better ones. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh, I think Troy was trying to rig it against Charlotte, so I, I had to step in. Uh, um not Charlotte. After seeing those pictures. They've been Jesus. fixed. Uh, no, not that. even that. Not even that. She is just. 
I don't know. She has a weird body. Like, I don't know. I couldn't go with her. I couldn't do Charlotte. I don't know. Beth so Phoenix, I went Beth with Beth Phoenix. Phoenix. Too, Beth Phoenix to me just looks manly. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Oh. Just always has, even back when she was working. Always. Oh, weird. That's just me. It's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> with a vote of 87 to 56, 60% of the votes... Beth Phoenix is eliminated, Charlotte Phoenix. Oh, <laughs> bullshit. Now, we should also point out that some of these, when we hear these totals and some of them seem had, some contests get more days to accumulate votes than others do. So right. as that was towards the end or middle of the week. So fewer votes, obviously. Paige and Lana, first one out of the gate, got the most because it was up there the longest. Yeah, so um, obviously Mickey James and Asuka was... Got got the most votes in week three, mm-hmm. um, and they went up on Monday, so they were they were near the middle. Of it, but that was such a, a hotly contested matchup. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't matter where I was going to put Lana versus Paige; it was going to get some votes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, you see a little bit of fluctuation there Tuesday. You know, but but it was enough. I mean, Charlotte getting sixty percent of the votes—that's a quorum. That putting it up Monday wouldn't have changed that amount. Sure. I don't think. Uh, also, I should should note Charlotte was was already leading when I had the original pictures up when I changed them. So, so your didn't... plan backfired. <clears throat> Evil plan. Yes. <laughs> so that took us to yesterday's vote: Rhea Ripley versus Vanessa Bourne. Interesting one. We ended with 100 votes. Okay. So, so I, who don't like chicks that look like Peak Dunn, went with Vanessa Bourne. Ginger? Vanessa Bourne. I agree 100% with you. Um, she looks way too manly. <laughs> it's bad. The body's nice. Meh. 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 That's what he would say. Meh. I know Troy's a fan of Rhea, so I, I'm yeah. guessing he went that way. So let's let's see what the listeners voted. That's the way I went. I was the 100th vote right before I closed on the voting. Um... With a vote of 59 to 41, Rhea Ripley moves on. Wow. <sighs> wow. I don't, I don't so. think people are aware of, of what Vanessa Bourne actually brings to the table, but yeah, I, I, vo- voters have spoken. I, I put pictures up there. Yeah, yeah. I selected I selected very delicious pictures of both. <laughs> so Pete Dunn moves on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the UK so. tournament all over again. So here is the matchups for round two. Now I will go through all of them and I will tell you who we are, uh, um, who's going on what day this week. Chelsea Green versus Carmella will be Thursday. Tony Storm versus Nikki Bella Friday. Alexa Bliss versus Tegan Knox Saturday. Becky Lynch versus Bailey Sunday. Ooh, that's interesting. There's some heavyweight matchups in this one, second round. Hey, we are in the second round, man. We're in the end game now. Stephanie McMahon versus Zelina Vega on Monday. And Zaya Brookside versus Casey Catanzaro for our bite-sized event Tuesday. So that is the week ahead here. The rest of the matchups for the second round, which will be uh, in the next two weeks. Ruby Riot versus Killer Kelly. Dakota Kai versus Mandy Rose. That one I think will be hotly contested. Mickey James. Really? 
Huh? Do you really though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but well, you know, uh, Mickey James versus Tainara Kanchi. Liv Morgan. That's a close one. I'd be interested to see how that one yeah. plays out. Uh, Liv Morgan will most likely finally eliminate Isla Dawn. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Candice LeRae versus Billy Kay. Interesting. Cute versus sexy. Yep. Naomi versus Nikki Cross. Uh, Paige versus Io Shirai. Yeah, Natalia versus Charlotte Flair. In a match of who gives a shit. <laughs> Mia, Mia Yim versus Kyrie Sane. And Peyton Royce versus Rhea Ripley. So that are those are your celebrate her victory for this week. (laughs) Yeah. So those are your second round matchups. Those are also your matchups for this week. So obviously, we want you to continue to go to RundownWrestling.com and vote every day, as we have a new matchup in the hottest female talent tournament. Could we call it March Fapness? Is that something? Uh, Probably trademarked somewhere, but sure. Mm I mean, this is the, the event's going to end in May, so I don't know how <laughs> how exactly long unless you can come up with with puns for each month. So, foreplay in May. <clears throat> there you go. Autoerotic asphyxiation in April. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, as we have done the past four weeks, and we do again this week. We go from talking about a bunch of perfect tens to the perfect ten. A ten, a ten, a fucking ten. This week we're going to start things off by talking about something that we definitely, as a fan base, need to understand. We're going to keep being disappointed by, and that is mystery partners. Now, in the past, mystery partners have usually been a way for WWE to reintroduce somebody or introduce somebody new. Obviously, that's how we got Bailey. That's how we got Nikki Cross. You know, there was a ton of people throughout time. Now, mystery opponents have largely become just whoever's sitting around in the back. So we found out that Finn Balor was going to have to face off against uh, Bobby Lashley and was Leah Rush. Yes. Yes. And he was going. By to have, the way, he beat two on one at the last pay per view. Yes, uh, he was going to need a mystery partner. So of course, a bunch of people were like, "Oh, maybe they're going to bring back Bray Wyatt finally, considering he's been cleared to wrestle for six months. Maybe, maybe they're going to bring Johnny Gargano up to the main roster. Maybe they're going to do Noah Braun Strowman. So." <laughs> So Braun Strowman and Finn Balor team, they wind up winning. And then Braun Strowman says that he's so upset over SNL guys that he's going to enter the intro for the Giant Battle Royale. Has there been anyone in recent memory booked worse in WrestleMania season than Braun Strowman? Oh, God, it's so annoying. Maybe the Usos, because they just couldn't get booked. (laughs) Well, in in their defense, sorry to go off a little bit. In their defense, there wasn't really much of a tag team division before all yeah. before, you know what I mean? So there was kind of a tough position for them. No, no. <clears throat> no, last year, obviously, Braun Strowman was searching for a mystery partner to face off against the bar for the tag titles, uh, wound up taking a referee's son out of the crowd. Um, that guy, I'm sure, is wrist deep in uh, vagina at this point. And, yeah, so this year, Braun Strowman is leading up to WrestleMania – 
booked against two comedians and now is going to yet again enter the entropy of the giants so welcome the new big show oh god it's so sad it really is and shame on wwe for not putting the title on braun when he was red hot baby shame on them because he's every week he's consistently consistently losing interest by people yeah i I don't think i ever would have put the belt on him though i don't see him at that caliber of a performer i think he's sort of a one-trick pony and and once and i don't know the booking certainly didn't help Mm -hmm. but i i feel like after a while of seeing him just sort of mow down cars and throw fucking shit at people it's like okay i've seen that now what else Mm -hmm. you got and there's not much else there and i think that sort of is what vince caught on to and sort of reversed course a little bit on that what really struck me about this thing was michael cole being a fucking cunt and telling everybody who the mystery partner was going to be before <laughs> Pat Balor even fucking introduced it what yeah. the fuck was that uh, blown spot man shit happens how do you fucking al- allow that I'm sure um, the person on the other side of his headphones was fucking livid. I don't know how livid he could be because they came back and like, see, I told you it was going to be a monstrous choice. Yeah, I'm but I mean, the, about it. but the thing is, though, that's, you know, that that's a cover up right there. It's not like they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to spoil it and then recover. He probably spoiled it. And then they were like, all right, this is how you're going to recover. What was worse, him him doing that or Bobby the Brain Heening asking whose side Hulk Hogan was on when he was running out? Cole. Oh, this, because the, the, yeah, Cole, because the Heenan thing, I, I thought people got a lot of, got pissed off and they've got a lot of mileage out of that. But the reality is Heenan's gimmick was always that he thought Hogan was full of shit. And Bingo. Was, so it actually played into what Heenan has always said about Hogan. I couldn't trust him that he was an asshole that you know so that worked I thought mm-hmm. okay fair enough no I'm I'm all for shitting on Michael Cole every week <laughs> we need to have our we need to have the Michael Cole porta potty moments every week now on, on this show where we just get a chance to fucking shit all over that piece of shit can we call it the Kevin Owens Michael Cole porta potty moment of the week. No, because that insinuates that we're going to shit on Kevin Owens, and I don't want anyone to do no, that. No, but Kevin no. Owens got dumped in the porta potty by. Bruce no, I, I I caught the reference. It's covered <laughs> covered in blue shit. Because uh, that's how you get people over. Put them in a goddamn pal. Put them in a fucking porta potty. But the well, thing is, I mean, didn't, I, I didn't, 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 it's poop, so know. it's funny. Didn't Stone Cold like use a a, a truck of shit? On the McMahons at one point? Yes. Uh, yes. DX dropped, dropped shit from the ceiling on them, too. Oh, that's true. They did, yeah. yeah. But, Sorry, Ginger, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. We were, we were going back and forth. But um, I don't think Cole wants to do commentary anymore. I no, think he's tired of it. You know what I mean? So, is, how, I mean, what? He's been with the company since for 21 years plus. So it's like, dude, he's been commentating for that long. Like, so, let him... Give him that free lane to get out of there. I feel like Cole sort of gets a bit of a bad rap because I don't think he's bad. When you listen to him on things where he's not overly produced, like that UK tournament he did, <laughs> like the uh, was it the Beast in the East show that they did, where Vince isn't involved and it's just you know Triple H running the show and 
He is so much better in those yep. settings as an announcer than when Vince is in his ear. And it's boss time, and it's so marketing. It's just marketing <sighs> and forcing fucking things down your throat that, that are just there for purposes of branding. Um, so I, I'd love to see, you know, and we always say, what's the place going to be like when Vince is, is no longer running things? I'm really curious to see if Michael Cole sticks around till that point, what he sounds like. Well, we have the same kind of kind of talk whenever we, you know, look at Renee Young. You know, Renee Young has been largely, I think, ruined by no, the people in her ear. Because when originally I felt that she was a lot better. And I think that her regression might be a little bit more of, of that, of them trying to to maybe change up her style a little bit. I, I, I don't think she was so Maybe I'm old school, and maybe it's the fact that I, I, I am a wrestling announcer, but I always <clears> feel like a color commentator, to really be effective, has to have been in the ring at some point. Um, because the play-by-play guy is telling you what's going on in the ring, and the, the job of the color person is to give you insight into that. Mm-hmm. And she can't do that. She just can't. Yeah. So it, all she can do is sort of throw in these, these oh my god, and it's like, why are you even there at that point? And I love Renee. She is fantastic as a backstage interviewer. She is fantastic as a panel show host. Mm-hmm. She's just not a commentator. No. And I I agree 100%. Her, <laughs> she says the same thing when like something bad's happened. That's just ridiculous. That's like her quote. And it's the guy's... Take her off. I didn't really like her. I haven't liked her on commentary since the start of it. But I mean, I was hopeful. Trying, oh, God. No, I was I was hopeful when they moved her in there. I yes. Agree. Agreed. I was hopeful, but I just I don't like what they're how they how they're producing her to sound and such. It's just I don't know. It's just like you. I agree 100 percent with you on the if you're going to be a color, you should have been in the ring at one point or another. See, um, to me, though, if you listen to her when she was in NXT, she was a lot more enjoyable. Um, and, it was and, a more laid-back situation, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was much more informal, um, and she also had Regal there as the color guy, and she was yeah. just sort of... Th- and Corey is supposed to fill that role, but Corey's also been sort of really marginalized as an announcer on Raw. Um, another guy who's significantly better on SmackDown and the only difference is Vince isn't that SmackDown a lot of the time. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Corey. So, Corey was uh, how many of us picked Corey as like the next great announcer a couple of years ago, and now you look at him and it's just fucking. He's just arguing with Cole the whole time. Yeah, I don't know if that's if that's the case of, you know, them kind of forcing him to to do things differently, or if if it is that he just has kind of moved into this role of his own volition because we had the same kind of issue when it was, you know, JBL on commentary where all he did was just fucking like rag on Michael Cole or say dumb fucking catchphrases. And it just, it just got annoyed. And you know me, I've been one in the past to say that like, I fucking hate it when announcers kind of go into business for themselves a little bit on commentary where they will turn around and like make the fucking story about them or they'll they'll spend the time talking between about how like you know between each other instead of what's going on in the ring kind of thing well uh, to that point um graves 
also shit on Booker a lot when Booker was doing commentary. Yeah. So, go, but, but, I, but go back to, to Gorilla and, and Heenan. This is the formula Vince wants. He wants yes. the announcers fighting with each other. Yep. Always has. His top announce team has always been like that. Which is fine. It, ma- it makes for good commentary because J- you have the heel and the baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? J.R. and King used to argue all exactly. the time. Same thing. Exactly. He likes, that- he likes the conflict in the broadcast booth. So I do think Corey's being told to do a lot of this shit. Oh, yeah, but I think Corey might push it a little bit to the annoyance of who he's shitting on. Yeah, probably. All the power to him. He's got a job. He doesn't care. This is a great example of a rundown wrestling podcast fucking tangent, because this started as a conversation of Braun Strowman and Finn Balor, and we (laughs) segued all the way into fucking Renee Young and Corey Gray. I don't even know how we made that transition, but we did, so hats off to us. We never know. So let's get it back on track here by talking about SmackDown. And we had Kofi Kingston trying to run the gauntlet for an opportunity that he will eventually get anyways to battle for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Um, So Kofi Kingston ran the fucking gauntlet. And um, thankfully, this wasn't the entire episode of this. They didn't pull an NXT. Uh, It was instead... The majority of the the episode, but that's okay. It, it needed time to kind of breathe for its own. Didn't they say um, leading into it that it was going to kick off the show? They did. Because They didn't. said it was going to start the show. It did not. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, so... They, but they were talking that it was not going to be the entirety of the show, and thankfully yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but Kofi was able to beat everybody that they had thrown at him. But then, of course, one last person, and it was Daniel Bryan. Brian winds up defeating Kofi Kingston and getting the victory. Um, so this keeps Kofi out of the out of a match to WrestleMania for the WWE Championship for at least another week. So, <laughs> Jason, uh, give your feelings on the storyline and on the gauntlet match itself. Fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. We talked in the past about the WWE sort of rushing things. And right now you have a crowd that is so hot for Kofi Kingston. And the best thing you can do is to keep fucking denying them that thing they want because they're going to want it more. And that's what we're doing here. To pull, continuously keep pulling that rug out from Kofi is only going to make the moment that much sweeter when he fucking wins. Now, as for the match, there was, I, there was a moment... That was fucking beautiful, and I don't know if I don't know how many people caught it, but at one point during the Randy Orton segment of the Gauntlet, they're outside the ring, and Randy Orton just looks at him and goes, "Stupid," which was a throwback to when Randy had had an incident in ring with Kofi. And, but here's the thing: here's the little touch that's so fucking beautiful here. I, I, again, I don't know how many people caught it, and somebody had to point it out to me. Randy Orton. Wearing the same gear he wore the night he had that incident with Kofi oh years ago. Fucking amazing. Small little detail that not many people are going to pick up on. But when you go back and look and you're like, holy shit, that is incredible. And hats off to Randy Orton for that, because that had to be something he came up with on his own. Um, 
I some people are saying, "Well, fucking, what are you saying about your U.S. champ if he's getting pinned by a guy who's already fought three times?" It was a fucking roll up. It I don't think it damaged anybody. It was sort of a no. fluke win. Um, the Rowan thing was a little weird. I mean, if you're going to protect anybody in that scenario, Rowan is the one you chose to not take an actual pinfall. That was a little weird to me. Um, to me, some of the best stuff happened after the show. I don't know if you saw the backstage thing they did with the New Day, basically saying, you know, this is as far as we're going to be able to fucking go. We should just quit. Let's go home to our families, etc. Uh, Xavier with the great line, like, I, I love this business, but if, if it's not going to love me back, then what are we doing here? Um, and then there was a great fucking sort of thing Biggie did on Twitter, very eloquent, very um, educated conversation uh, that was great. And if you haven't seen any of those two things, go back and watch them. Um, but then Vince ultimate heel comes out again, denies it. And I love that the New Day are the ones that keep saying people like us, like because that's the tagline from the Hunter Booker T thing. And, and Vince, Vince is never saying it, but the New Day is saying it, so you know it. They're planting that seed as to why this is all happening. Fucking beautiful. This is some of the best storytelling. And I think I said it last week, but I'll reiterate it again. Everything they have done wrong with the women's storyline, they have done beautifully with this one. 100% agreement. Um, this storyline is probably one of the best storylines that they've had in quite some time. Make people want it. And I believe, uh, Jason, when me and you were on a couple weeks ago, uh, you said Bruce Pritchett has his fingers all over this. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and it's true because he's making people wait. The only thing that I'm confused on, how long can you actually wait until you give it to him? And that, to that, be honest. That, that sort of, to me, is the one thing that there was a little bit missing from this gauntlet, because yep. what was the incentive of the other guys in this gauntlet? Like, if the incentive was whoever beats Kofi goes to WrestleMania, mm -hmm. then I understand. But there's no real reason, like, except if you're telling me that all these white guys got together and said, let's fuck the black guy over. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't understand. Like, to me, that would have been better. Because you still do that, because Kofi doesn't. Kofi wins over all five guys, so none of them have to go to WrestleMania, but you presented legitimate stakes and a reason for them to want to do that if you if you do it. And then Daniel Bryan wins, and he can sit there next week and go, well, now I have no opponent at WrestleMania, so I get the night off. Um, my take, obviously, based on all those shots they had at the back with the wrestlers continuing to sort of pile in. By the way, Nikki Cross in the plaid pants was fucking tremendous. <laughs> I, it just made me laugh every time they showed it, and I don't know why. Um, but my guess is we're going to get a wrestler protest next week. Guy's going to refuse to work the show until Kofi gets put into the match, or they're going to do something, something similar to the Yes Movement stand-in, but without the fans, but this time with the wrestlers refusing to work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um... So, as for the match, um, there was one specific thing that happened. Um, I believe it was with Cesaro and my wife. And like, she normally doesn't pop for things. She popped for this pin mm -hmm. when he when he had him in the maple leaf mm -hmm. or clover leaf. Sorry. Yep. And um, Kofi Roll rolled up. him. Yep. Yes. Beautiful. Amazing. I sort of that wish that had been the was fall. Awesome. Yes, I think that should have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that made me pop pretty big. Um, I think like you said, with the Rowan point, what they should have done with Rowan is just have him go in there, immediately get disqualified, just beat the shit out of him and just be done. Be like, he's the hit man, get him out of there. Boom, done for the next guy to come in. Um, 
let's see. What else did I enjoy? I enjoyed the match itself was great. Good for Kofi. 100% going through. I, I believe the match itself was 55 minutes. I Some, believe it was the count like that, on yeah. it. it. It was close to that. That is a phenomenal feat to do, especially now. Like back when Flair and Steamboat were doing an hour and a half, that was almost the norm for your main events. Right. Nowadays, you very, very rarely see that. So when you see guys do it, it's pretty fucking special. Yeah. And for Kofi to go, you know, be this guy a year ago to just be in the New Day and stuff to all of a sudden now he is running in a gauntlet with for 55 minutes. That is pretty fucking amazing to be in the spot that he is in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm hoping. What I'm thinking is happening at the culmination of this at Mania is they fuck Kofi by splitting up the New Day. I oh, pray, oh. I pray that doesn't happen, yeah. but I have a feeling it's gonna happen. So, but. so here's the I. You talk about the way shit sort of works itself out in the world of professional wrestling, and, and I made reference to the fact that it was years and years ago that Randy Orton sort of killed the push that Kofi Kingston had, because Randy Orton was sort of being a dick. Um, but this this run Kofi Kingston is having now is because Randy Orton was a dick to Mustafa Ali. So ultimately, <laughs> Randy Orton took it away and then gave it to him. Yeah. Hey, return the favor so many years later, you know? Yeah. And I feel, you, you got to feel bad for Mustafa given what it was supposed to be. Here, here's an interesting question because somebody brought this up to me. Do, have we gone to the well a few too many times with this Kofi Kingston thing? Because you yes. think about it, he ran the gauntlet to get into the, the elimination chamber, and then he had that long run with multiple opponents in the elimination chamber, and now he ran the gauntlet again. And this is all within the span of like, a month and a half that he's sort of done these same sort of situations three times. To me, it doesn't because he lost the first two and then he won this one. Well, technically until, yeah, until the end, but does that take it away for anybody or, um, to be a hundred percent honest though, how hot he is. I think it's adding to it. Okay. Because they sort of, I take to, yeah, people are eating it up, but you can't, do this again for a very long time or else people are going to lose interest. But the way they're doing it right now is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know what else to add to that. You guys, you know, kind of, kind of hit all the points there that to me, I just, I, I hope that, if they are going to do this, if they are going to put the title on Kofi, that they have plans for it after Mania. Because the last time that we had something like this was Daniel Bryan, and they had fuck all plans for after Mania. So, well, no, after Mania, he worked Kane, and that's when he got the concussion. Yeah, he worked Kane. That's not a good plan that, after They had a built-in storyline going into it. so And they, they made Kane attack Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella in a limousine. Right, and Kane was his former tag team partner. Who was upset that he got the title and he didn't. Like it, no, it was... no, I understand. I'm just saying that the booking of that was terrible. It was so, a catastrophe. Well, Batista yeah. was leaving, and uh-huh. I mean, you could do another thing with him and Orton, but eh. it. What do you mean? No, yeah. you. 
no, you could do something with him and Kane. Just don't make it that fuck terrible. That's what. That's well, all I'm saying. Is just, I want I want good booking for for Kofi Kingston after Mania if he wins the title. I think after Mania, if if Kofi wins it, it's going to be the big E turn on him. Which I I'm fine. I'm 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 down for that. Yeah, give him a strong storyline after Mania. Yeah, because 100. Because otherwise, it's going to quickly die off, and that's what happened with Daniel Dan O'Brien. It was quickly dying off, then he got injured, so we couldn't see what was going to happen after that if they were going to do something else with him or what. But even yeah. if you go a long-term storyline with him and Randy Orton, which we we really haven't gotten the payoff of that, we've seen sort of allusions to it, but. I think you could do that. I think you could do a KO heel turn and, and have him feud with Kofi since Kofi sort of took his opportunity. So, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of ways you can go. And and the thing by putting the belt on Kofi is whatever way you go, it's something sort of fresh and new. And I think that's what yep. people like about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think uh, if they have anything planned already, I think in they'll probably put somebody else for the first run for the feud. The next feud is definitely going to be Orton because they can backtrack to all their history previously, and boom, you have a huge storyline right there. Yep. Yeah. All right. So going from something that's that's rather fresh to going something maybe not so fresh. Kurt Angle was able to oh fuck pick, this thing hand <sighs> hand pick his opponent for WrestleMania. And he chose Baron Corbin. Baron fucking Corbin. Now, kayfabe-wise, this doesn't even make sense. Why would he pick Baron Corbin? It makes total sense for him to pick Shelton, who they just moved over to Raw. No, kayfabe-wise, Corbin's been the one making his life a living hell for a while. Kayfabe-wise, I can make the case for this match. I can't make the case for this match as being the last match of Kurt Angle's career. So what I'm seeing, what I could very easily see, is Angle dominates Corbin, beats him quickly, is celebrating. Cena's music hits. Motherfucker, you stole my shit. He comes, <laughs> he, he comes out to shake Angle's hand. Angle says... I've still got the I've still got the ruthless aggression. I can wait. He slaps Cena in the face, and then we're off and running with Cena's actual. Go go ahead. You were saying. <laughs> All right, let's go. Come on. No. No. Come on. Editor doesn't work unless you got to edit it out, buddy. Go ahead. No, we're done. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Promise. That's the second I start, you're going to go. So go ahead, Ginger. You're up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Greeny just just stole my idea 100%. Um... He literally, it's gonna, it's gonna be Corbin's gonna run in for a line. It's gonna be German suplex, angle slam, ankle lock, boom, done. Match is over. And then he, he, I don't think he'll be cutting a pro. Well, he, he might cut a promo and he'll instantly say, "I want another opponent," and it's gonna be Cena, because you haven't seen Cena in what two, two months? 
I think. The last time we saw it was with Becky Lynch, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he's nowhere to be found. Um, he hasn't been on any shows, so it's like, what are they going to do? And it would only seem fitting considering the fact that Cena's first match was Angle and to have Angle have his last match with Cena. It makes 100% sense to do that way. If they do it with just Corbin, I'm fucking Whoa. I'm giving up on what the fuck they did and what they do from here on out. <laughs> no, but I'll still watch. I think first you have Baron Corbin, and then he beats him. Then he says he wants somebody else, and then he gets Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> and then he beats Shelton Benjamin, and then Charlie Haas comes out. Jesus. <laughs> and then he beats Charlie Haas. When does Jason Jordan show up? Uh, well, Jason Jordan I don't think can wrestle anymore. Not that Charlie Haas could probably wrestle anymore. He's been retired since, like, 2003, but... Or 2013, sorry. Um... Maybe we can dig up the grave of grave of Russ Haas so they could do like a ta- like a two on one match. Maybe no. Okay. Anyways, so unless uh, Jason has something more to say about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, finally getting the babyface Miz that we deserve. The Miz proceeded to cut a babyface promo, um, and it was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, it it wasn't the the terrible babyface promos he did back when he was Ric Flair's uh, apprentice. It was actually very meaningful, and he kind of spoke from the heart. So, <clears throat> uh, Jason, what did you think of the Miz uh, and his uh, his first promo as a babyface? Um. I, you know, like I said, I think it wasn't bad. I think it started a little slow. I think he definitely picked up steam in the middle. I think by the time he got to the, um, oh god, now I'm blanking on the line. Is it the you deserve a chance? No, I, I mean whatever. That that's gonna happen. You can't can really control what the crowd's gonna say or do in that scenario. Um, but he had that great line about, oh uh, god, what was it? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard or something like that, um, which I thought was great. It's sort of strange to see the Miz classifying himself as the hard worker, but mm-hmm. did he sort of classify? <laughs> did he put Shane over as being more talented a wrestler than he was? Because that's sort of what, like, if you read between the lines of that statement, that's sort of what you're saying there, and I don't know that I can co-sign on that. Uh, but I, I did sort of feel like, and I talked earlier about how I think the wrestler is going to protest. I, I don't think that that line about Kofi was thrown into that promo for no reason. I think that was part of building towards what's going to happen next week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought he touched on, on the stuff with his dad and tried to play on the emotion, too. Um, the only thing I say was, like, when he came out, I sort of wanted to see more fire right off the bat. And he got there eventually, but I sort of felt like he came out very subdued for what that promo should have been. Well, uh, to that point, I think he wanted to feel out the crowd first to kind of see how they were going to react to him trying to cut a babyface promo. Um, So, I mean, they kind of played off of that. And then once he realized that, okay, they're going to go with me, then it was hook, line, and sinker from there. Um, as for the, the, the overall promo, I liked it. It had me hooked. Um, 
it was long enough. If it if it went any longer, I think people would have just been like, okay, the, this is getting a little much. But I think he ended it right. I love the line about Shane and his dad. Uh, that got a lot of that got very personal, which that's why I love this time of year in wrestling because or in WWE because they they do these shoot work promos and it it even though I know it's a shoot work it still fucking hooks me like a son of a bitch so but um yeah it was good I liked it um you know it was it, like I said it kept me hooked so I mean all the power to him uh back to the Ric Flair era babyface Miz when Miz hooked the figure four on wrong right in front of Rick. It was pretty bad. Uh, but this time I think it might work if they continue to build him the way they, they are doing it. But back to again, I hope they have a plan for him after WrestleMania. Yeah, we'll see because obviously, you know, I don't, I don't think after WrestleMania that you're going to really sustain anything with Shane for too long. Um, because I'm pretty sure Shane's going to go back to kind of disappearing again for a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, so, moving right along, and this is a topic that got a little heated um, <laughs> amongst, amongst some of our hosts here. Um, you know, we're passionate wrestling fans, and sometimes we, you know, we, we go a little... A little too far with some some things, but uh, so Dana Brooke for the past two weeks has uh, been given a little bit of a spotlight against uh, Ronda Rousey. Um, now, I personally am one to think that that I personally believe that this is the right call to make. Um, Dana Brooke is somebody that they have completely underutilized. The promos that she has done the past two weeks have really could only be done by her you know <clears throat> because the only other person that you're not using over on raw is mickey james but mickey james has a past as a champion and stuff like that so you needed to find somebody that they have just not been fucking using that they've done nothing with and they haven't done anything with dana brooke um in order to get this sort of realism in order to get this sort of passion from her and for it also to make sense you know she you know, they, they have been telling the story that obviously she feels like she's not being utilized because Rhonda is there. And that probably is true. Um, so, you know, uh, the the match itself, um, you know, this was what they needed to do for Rhonda. You know, have it be a very quick match um, because that's we need to continue to build up Rhonda as this fucking beast. Because recently she's had a little bit of the shine taken off of her at least in my opinion, by having her go longer in matches, you know, having her, you know, other people get a lot more offense on her, things like that. So, you know, having her kind of be this, the the person that she was in UFC, at least to me, you know, makes a lot more sense. But I'd like to hear, you know, your feelings on on Dana Brooke Ginger. Um, First of all, when I saw her come back, I didn't even think it was her. I feel like this new Dana Brooke is taller than the previous Dana Brooke. So I'm calling her Dana Brooke squared because I feel like it's not even her. Um, uh, I like it. Um, I think 
the 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 agents in the back told her, "Hey, listen, you got to lose some weight because she lost probably a good 30, 40 pounds by the looks of her." Um, as I said earlier, I think she looks better thicker and her pose that does the muscle, it doesn't work anymore because she's not as stocky. She's like skin and bones now. Um, but I like it. Um, you knew going into the match this past week on Raw that that's exactly what they were going to do. But I think they might start using her more and all the power to it because really they haven't used her at all. I mean, Titus Worldwide, what the hell did she do? Absolutely nothing. And yeah. you know what I mean? So it was almost like, a, hey, go join them and we'll keep you on the payroll. But right. now... Hey, if she improved her in-ring work and they're going to start using her more, all the power to her, and we will see where it goes from there. But I don't know, because after this week, I think she's going to be gone for a while because I think they're going to do the broken arm angle. Because that arm bend looked pretty fucking brutal, if you ask me. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, where else do you go from there with her her as well? So um, hopefully... You know, she's able to use a little bit of this to at least kind of tell a story. You know, you can you can have a good reaction for her if she shows up in, like, the Women's Battle Royale at WrestleMania, you know, as kind of like a surprise entrant kind of thing, um, and, and maybe start to kind of build her up as, you know, as, as a baby face. Because right now, obviously, with Ember Moon injured, you have kind of a lack of faces over on, on Raw. So, uh, but Jason, what are, you, what are your feelings on this? I have nothing to say on this topic. <laughs> no, I look. I'm not going to pull back the third curtain and explain everything that happened this week as it relates to this topic. I've sort of said my piece last week, and some people take great offense to my opinion on this matter, and that's fine, I guess. Um, I think Dana Brooke did a hell of a job. I thought. Her promos felt real. They felt authentic to me. They felt like somebody dealing with the emotional struggle of feeling underappreciated, underutilized, and seeing a small opportunity. Um, I thought she did a hell of a job of playing the underdog role, um, of playing to the point where you got, like, they're not going to fucking have Dana Brooke <clears throat> win this match. And felt like, like, you had a small glimpse of a second, and the announcers played into it, too. Yeah. And then to go out and, and do it the way they did, where she just got fucking dominated, was perfect. Everything about this was fucking great. And if you have a personal bias about her as a performer, I understand it, because she hasn't been great on the main roster. But if you look at just this snapshot of what she's done in the last two weeks, I think she's done a hell of a job. It's definitely an improvement. Yeah. You know, it's 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 sort of hard to get better when you're not given opportunities uh, in front of a live crowd. Uh, so and, and how how that, go ahead? Uh, you know, so it's it's difficult for Dana Brooke to be able to work on her mic skills when she's never handed a mic to work with. You know, I I don't think the promo was bad. That's the thing. Like I don't think her. Her mic skills in general are not great, but I thought this promo, because of the subject matter and how it needed to be delivered, was good. Not great, but good. And Ginger can attest to this, and I know Ginger can attest to this. 
cutting a fucking promo is like the hardest fucking thing to do. I swear to God, I, that's why you never saw me do it. Um, it's it's nerve wracking, especially considering the fact that WWE they write the scripts for you, so you have to memorize everything. Where in the indies, I mean, I personally. I mean, I hate talking in front of people. I did it a few times when I had to, but it fucking sucked straight up. But all the power to her for, you know, trying to improve that. But at the same time, she's been with the company so long. In a way, it's like, did you not go to promo class? You know what I mean? So, but like I said, she did a better job these past two weeks. But where the hell have you been the past eight, nine years that you've been with the company? It's a long time for some... Well, <laughs> yes. Okay, but here's the other part to that. And again, this is... People fall in... Like, first off, she was rushed up. She shouldn't have been... She should have spent a couple more years in developmental. Okay? So when people want to shit on her, that's not her fault. She didn't call herself up. She didn't not give herself opportunities to grow on the show. There's no, if you're called up and you're, ask Nikki Cross, if you're called up and you're in that role where you're just the person in EC3, where you're just standing around in the back and you've gotten called up from an extensive role on NXT where you had opportunity to develop and work and you're called up to the main roster and you're not appearing on TV, there is zero chance for you to improve. You cannot improve, you cannot replicate cutting a promo in front of a large group of people. Now, I'm going to sit here and tell you, and Ginger can attest to this because he's seen it, I'm fucking not Arn Anderson, but I'm okay at cutting promos when I need to in front of a crowd. I can do it. Um, And I fucking get nervous in front of 200 people doing it. And it doesn't show. But it's not an easy fucking thing to do. And if you're not getting to do it regularly, it's harder to do. Yeah. And people who want to shit on Dana Brooke, go ahead. But you go on the internet and these people are shitting all over this woman. 99.9% of them have never had to cut a promo in their fucking life, but they're going to tell her what a good or bad promo is. And considering the fact that, again, to 99.9%, they're not cutting a promo, especially in front of millions watching on television and the 20 or 15,000 plus people sitting in that venue. Exactly. And here's the thing. Vince McMahon wrote the script, essentially. He outlined what he wanted her to deliver. And then gave her a chance to do it the next week. And that tells me that whatever they were looking for, she delivered that first week. And I thought she delivered it the second week, too. And people can disagree, and that's fine. Exactly. I agree to disagree. I don't take offense to somebody disagreeing with my opinion. I will. I just just say fuck you behind your back. (laughs) I will argue people who don't. Because that's what I do. I like to debate, I like to argue, and I like to hear differing points of view. That's all it was. That's all it's been, and that's why I'm on this show. And if that's a problem, then that's fine. I will abstain from those discussions. The other thing, too... I you know, and pull and back the curtain a little too much on that. Never mind. <laughs> so the, other, the, the other aspect of that as well 
is, you know, people have been sort of uh, shitting on Batista as well lately, but there's a big difference between what Batista's been doing, which is getting a script months in advance and memorizing his lines and stuff like that, and showing up on Raw and getting his his script 20 minutes before he goes out there, which often happens on Raw with rewrites and stuff like that, or maybe an hour before the show. So that Dana Brooke promo most likely went through a couple of rewrites, most likely got handed to her and said, here you go, head on out there in about 30 minutes and, and deliver this promo that you're going to have to memorize right now, you know? And that's a difficult fucking thing to do. And again, like, we don't even know you know, at what point in time she was even informed that she was going to be showing up on Raw last week, you know? I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, you always try to be ready, but, you know, with with how things are booked nowadays in WWE, with how quickly things change and stuff like that, who knows what, what happened there? We don't know what happened there. All we can do is is speculate, and to me, I felt it did what it needed to do. And I feel like there are certain performers who have had bad moments on very, very large scales and, and on full display. And first off, imagine if some of the worst fuck-ups in your life were broadcast on national television. It's a pretty fucking nerve-wracking situation to be in. Um, but I feel like sometimes because of those very public failures, people sort of develop a preconceived notion of what a person is and they will hold them to that notion regardless of what they do. They've pre-decided it. And I think we're all guilty at times of that. I'm, oh, yeah. guilty, I'm guilty of that with Brie Bella. Brie Bella could go out and throw a five-star classic, and I'm not going to like it. I just Put shit all over it. Yeah, I'm just predisposed to disliking Brie Bella. But you also have to, if you're going to be an analyst, and you're going to sort of try to be impartial and, and look at the situation, you have to be willing to admit that, wow, this person I don't like, and I don't have to like them, but I can sit back and say, that was a good job. All right. So we go from somebody who seems to have gotten a little better in the ring to two people that maybe have gotten a hell of a lot worse. What the fuck? So, <laughs> um, oh. So, so the go ahead because I, I got I got fucking heat for this this fucking topic so go ahead sorry okay so the the iconics were in a match because Sasha Banks and Bailey finally showed up on SmackDown they remember that they're supposed to be on every show and <laughs> these two Jesse K and shit what was the other one's fucking name before them I forget I forget what she was on on the independent circuit. Before they joined the WWE, these were two of the more promising female prospects out there. And once they came into the WWE, they, you know, they sort of became these new personas, but they still were able to kind of hold their own in the ring. Obviously, these, you know, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, they're not Becky Lynch style workers. They're more your Carmella style workers where they can put on a competent match, but their main thing is they can talk. Then all of a sudden we sort of took away their ability to put on a competent match because <laughs> we had it in the original women's tag team match to, to crown the first champions that things just went a little off the rails. We saw them having kind of numerous problems in different matches leading up to this. What happens, man? Like, 
what happened to these two that they seem to have just forgotten how to work? Um, I put this topic on the rundown a couple weeks ago, and then I don't remember why, but I ended up not being able to be on that episode. And the consensus that that I forget who was on it might have been Sal and Jeff and you at that at that point um, was, oh well, you know, the issue is that they're not being put in there with good workers. Well, I think we can successfully dispel that myth because they were in there with two of the better workers in the company, in Sasha and Bailey, and it was the drizzling shits. Um, there were some just nonsensical spots. They were way late. Their timing was all over the fucking place. Their footwork was awful. Uh, this was as bad as I've seen these two girls work. And I've watched Peyton Royce have very credible matches with Asuka down in NXT. This girl could work when she was down in NXT. Billy Kay's always been to me the more microphone and less, less in-ring performer of the two. She was okay. But she was more the valet for Peyton, as far as I was concerned. But Peyton could fucking work down in NXT. I don't know what the fuck is happening, unless it's a case of them saying, no, 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 you're supposed to be the, the, the mean girl characters who, who can't work and steal and cheat. and, and get so, so go out there, and sort of like they did with Allie and TNA, where they took Cherry Bomb and said, go out there and pretend you don't know how to wrestle. That's the only thing I can say that I hope is what's going on, because otherwise, I, I don't fucking know what to tell you. There it is. <laughs> um, it was... It was awkward to watch i think i mean how, how much down in nxt do they I, I i haven't heard this i don't know do they have agents for each match to tell them what to do yeah okay so all right so that's not because i was gonna say maybe their agents are different and they want them to run different styles but apparently that's not the case but no their agent down there i believe was uh sarah stock who's now on the main roster so same same agent pretty much yeah i don't know i i think the road is taking a toll on these females it's not helping them and everything was just off and i think they tried to cram too much stuff into one match and they just got lost and they were just they just gave up after a while because they just wanted to get the hell out of there. That's my opinion on it. <laughs> Simple <Yeah>. as that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I feel you on that. Go ahead, Jason. There's only one person who I know that sounds not coming from, and it's me. Um, yeah, I... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, I just... I, I'm a fan of the Iconics. I have been for a very, very long time. Um, it's getting harder. <laughs> and not just my penis. Um, but watching these girls just sort of struggle through this stuff is really... I, because it's not something you can explain. These are not the same performers they were down in NXT. We see sometimes people fail to catch on with the crowd and the gimmick doesn't translate. We've seen that. I can't remember another scenario where somebody came up and seems like they forgot how to work. And, and it almost seems like that's what we're dealing with here, and I can't fucking explain it. Yeah, I I don't know. And at, at this point, like, you know, we shouldn't expect that it's going to change either because they're, they're far past the point where 
you know, they, they should need more time in the ring, you know? And I don't know, I mean, I, we know that they don't work every night like a lot of the other workers and stuff like that, but that shouldn't make a fucking difference. It shouldn't, it, there, there shouldn't be this drastic of a change in them. I don't know if they just haven't got acclimated to their big fake titties yet or what, but, like, something's not right there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't explain it. So, all right, well, let's go from <laughs> two people who can't wrestle to a person that we don't want to see wrestle, because Beth Phoenix is back. Whoopee! Let me tell you something about Beth Phoenix. Now, I enjoy Beth Phoenix as a color commentator. I enjoy her in like the pre-show things and stuff like that. What I don't give a shit about is her and Pussy Farts teaming up because they are essentially the same worker in my mind. Somebody who, or a, a person who has been passed by. Like, there was once a time that, um, let me think of a, of a sports reference here. Uh, there was once a time that um, Carmelo Anthony was one of the best worker or one of the one of the best players around. And then eventually everyone else, the talent level got better around him and everything like that. And he got a little bit older and suddenly he's getting cut off teams <laughs> because he can't cut it anymore. So so just so we can draw a parallel here for Ginger. Um, it's sort of like in hockey where you had for years you had every team had that goon player, the guy who couldn't skate, couldn't shoot, couldn't really do much and was just there to fight. He was a brawler. Right. And as the yeah. league has sort of transitioned where it's faster and it's more skilled based, those players have sort of been by and large phased out. If you can't bring something else to the table, if you're just the brawler, the fighter, there's not really a spot for you in the NHL anymore. Yeah, you're going to have both. Or else you're not making it. Right. So that's this it's the same kind of thing where Beth Phoenix and Natalia ten years ago, you're like, Oh wow, they're they're actually very competent workers, they're very good. They're they're maybe not the the greatest, but they're they're really good. And now you're just like, What the fuck are these people doing taking up time on my TV? Um I like it. <laughs> To be 100% honest, uh, it kind of gives Natalia something to do for Mania. But, but you clearly know it's going to be a Four Corners women's match. I mean, that's that's a given. Because you're going to have one from NXT, one from SmackDown, and one from Raw. I don't think so. I, I don't. I think what we saw on SmackDown this week was we're going to get the we're gonna get Peyton Royce and, and Billy Kay. We're going to get Nia and Tamina. And we're going to get Beth and Natalia. I think that's your Four Corners match. I don't think... Yeah, I don't... Oh, yeah, match. okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, so, you gotta you gotta remember that the that the two people that they actually would use down in NXT are going to be in the title match together. So mm-hmm. they're they're probably not going to be you know, they they they're not gonna build it up. They they would have already been building it up and, and we haven't seen that. So yeah, so valid point. My apologies. Yeah. I don't apologize. Um but um I think Beth feels like she left when there was really nothing much left for her to do. Do in reality because the, the women's division was absolute shit. So I think she feels she has a little bit something to prove to herself. Um, I'm, hey, if she pulls it off, all the power to her. If she has an interesting match, 
great, awesome, that's really good. But is she just coming back for this, or is there more to it? No, I think this is uh, Beth and Natalia uh, are taking the spot because they couldn't talk Lita and Trish into doing it. Seems that way. Definitely seems that way. <laughs> and Lita and Trish was the money match with Sasha and Bailey at Mania. I don't know why it fell through the cracks. That's what was reported. That's what we all sort of anticipated. I don't know why it didn't happen. I'm fucking seriously bummed it's not happening because I was very much looking forward to that. But it is what it is. Yeah. Why, why are we doing that? Let's, uh... I don't know. It's just playing around. Okay. All right. So speaking of speaking of women, the Raw Women's title was yet again the focal point on SmackDown, uh, with obviously Charlotte and Becky Lynch continuing to focus entirely on the fact they are trying to win a championship belt that is not on their show. <sighs> you want to talk about doing someone real fucking dirty? They have done Asuka no fucking favors here. And they have completely buried this championship that when Becky Lynch won it as the inaugural champion, it was hot. When Becky Lynch held the title for a while, it was hot. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Asuka took that belt off of her, we were like, okay, let's see what they do with here. And then they proceeded to not have her on for a couple of weeks. And then try to build up a match in one week for a pay-per-view. Have her win that match and not really have that win mean anything to her because there was a storyline going on with her on the peripheral. And so now we have announced that there's going to be a women's title contender match, and they didn't announce it on the show. They announced it on the YouTube channel. Yikes. Yeah. 100% yikes. Which after next week gives them the go-home episode to build any heat for that match for going into WrestleMania. Which means they don't give a shit about that title. Nope. But in their defense... I wouldn't say they don't give a shit about that title. I would say they don't give a shit about the person holding that title. Because when Becky was holding that title, her and Charlotte were main eventing pay-per-views. And why not take the strap off of her? Because If if you don't care about her. (laughs) Um, Who are you going to put it on? Like, that's... So... Well, you know Naomi... You know Naomi can work. Right. Well, but I think she's a little bit of trouble after that bullshit that happened last month. She could throw her ass at people. Um, yeah, but but she could pull off halfway decent matches, so, and people were people liked her. People liked her matches. So if you don't like what Oscar's doing, why not take it off her and put it on somebody else? Like because because I, everyone is ice cold at this point. So I think this well, also then falls. Do something about it. <laughs> like. I it's think, so frustrating. I think this also falls victim to the, the Vince McMahon changing his mind thing, because by all reports, it was supposed to be Lacey Evans, and then he went, ah, I'm fucking feeling that. So now where we're at, we got four women who don't really deserve title matches at this point <laughs> who are going to fight for one. Uh, my dream scenario leading into this uh, was, was sort of dashed because of injury, but I said it at the time, I would have had Ember Moon win the Royal Rumble. Ember could have challenged Asuka, because they had the history down in NXT, that feud that really never got 100% settled. You would have had a match with history and build for a title, and you could have still got the Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky 
in a completely different way for the Raw title and had both of those matches, and I think your women's division's in a much better place if that happens. Obviously, Ember got injured, and her winning the Rumble was never in the plans, but, um, you know, it is what it is, and now we're stuck with this shit. Um, I mean, they're obviously more than likely going to put Lacey Evans in there. I mean, they have her Kukona randomly not having her no, work. she's matches. not even in the match. She's not even in the... What? No, no, it's Naomi, Carmella... Uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Yep. Where the hell are they going? <laughs> they're going straight to the pre-show. Good lord, they're going to the shit show apparently with this title. Well, there's honestly... 17 matches for WrestleMania this year, so. Oh, Jesus I, Christ! Where the I hell honestly... are they all? Oh, I honestly wow. wouldn't be surprised if they turned the the women's rumble into winner gets the the SmackDown Championship. Because it's, it's very clear that once the dust settles on WrestleMania, whoever doesn't win the Raw title is probably going to be Asuka's next feud. Yeah. So either either Charlotte or Becky Lynch. If they uh, both I'm get a... Sorry, get, I'm sorry. Mandy Rose is winning that title at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's very possible at this point. No, no way. Hot, uh, hot, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Vince McMahon, hot blonde, big tits, nice ass. She's winning that title at WrestleMania, sir. Is able to, she's also able to talk. Yeah, and she's got a good character. So, yeah, and a great so, entrance. Yeah, so I fully believe that that's that's very possible that we get that moment. Cause so, women's revolution. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Are we frozen or? That is a really funny face that I have stuck on my screen. There you go. Troy's dropping. Oh. Troy's dubstepping on us. All right. Well, I guess I'll pick up from here. So, (laughs) and Troy picked the right topic for dropping out on because Ginger doesn't watch Ring of Honor. So this one's going to be mostly me, I think. I got a few thoughts, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, So... The original plan for the main event of the Ring of Honor side of the card for the Madison Square Garden Show WrestleMania weekend was Marty Skrull versus Jay Lethal. That was the match sort of advertised, or at least I should say Marty Skrull versus the winner between Jay Jay Lethal and Matt Taven at the 17th anniversary show. Taven and Lethal ended up going Broadway, 60 minutes, time limit draw, uh, outstanding match. you know, it's not a match of the year candidate as far as I'm concerned, but it was still really, really good. And anytime two guys go 60 minutes, uh, it's impressive. But the end result of that was now Taven and Lethal and Skrull in a triple threat ladder match on the MSG show. Um, is this sort of a downgrade to what we thought this show was going to be? Because originally, when they booked this show in MSG, they planned to have all the elite guys there. They plan to have Kenny Omega on the show. They plan to have the Young Bucks. They plan to have, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes. And it sort of feels like if the MSG guys had it to do all over again, maybe TakeOver is taking place in MSG instead of this show. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but, hey, you you got you to gotta work with what you got. It's unfortunate for Ring of Honor that those guys up and see you later. Bye-bye. But, hey, that's the business. <laughs> you know, but 
Um, you don't. I mean, it's the business, but you don't often lose four of your top stars all in one fell swoop either. But they should have seen that coming with how things were going. I think they were led to believe that these guys were resigning, and then the all lead thing sort of came. This was all booked well before the uh, the pay per view they did there, the all in pay per view. So mm-hmm. I think that sort of that pay per view was to me the game changer here. Yeah, I mean, but if you see them about to run a pay per view or a IPPV, IPPV, I believe it was on IPPV, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, well, it was on everything. It was on fight. It was on conventional paper. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So if you see them doing that and you see the success, do you really think after the success that they're not going to think, hey, we might be able to pull something out with this? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it sucks, but marginally their fault on this one. But as for the match... Uh, the triple threat ladder match. It should be interesting. They're trying to pull out everything. They're going to try and pull ev- everything out of their asses because it's an MSG show. It's what there's is it the first MSG show that they're running or did they already yeah. run one before? Nope, yeah. Okay. So it's the first one. So they're going to try and pull out all the stops. Uh, to your point, would they have rather picked NXT before knowing everything more than likely, but they got to do what they got to deal with. So from there on out, it's, you know, you just got to do it and like it. Yeah, I mean, Make you can't you... unbook the show, obviously, once, uh, yeah. once you've done it. But um, I, I feel like Ring of Honor is certainly st- suffering a bit from a lack of top stars. But, Troy, I know you're a uh, Ring of Honor guy, too, hosting Dishonorable Discharge on this very Rundown Wrestling Network. Uh, what do you think the, what are your feelings about this triple threat main event at Madison Square Garden? I thought it all, always should have been, uh, Taven versus Lethal. Um, but they kind of shit the bed on, on that whole thing. Taking the, you know, with them just getting rid of the Matt Taven title. Um, you know, they had kind of a build up thing here and largely just feels like, please, please, Marty, don't leave us. Here's, here's, here's all the titles. So, yeah, to to me, it's it's just kind of a misstep, um, and I'm not one who who likes to have titles just given to people because they might be leaving. Um, you know, we we saw it before with that ROH did it where they're just like here, here, here you go, Kenny, here you go, or, or Cody, here you go, Bucks, let's you know take take these titles and, and stay with us. See, I don't think that's necessarily the thing that's happening, though. I don't think that they're giving the title to Marty as a please stay with us. because I think, Oh, come on. No, no, see, I think they all understand that he's fucking gone at the end of this year when his contract's up. What I think is happening is they are recognizing, since those elite guys left, our ratings are down, our ticket sales are down, but we have one guy who's still a connection to those elite guys... And we can put the belt on him while he's here and build a storyline that gets, you know, he'll exit eventually. But for now, maybe it helps ticket sales while we're building somebody up to have the last great connection we have to that group in the main event picture. Yeah, it just kind of feels like TNA booking to me. <clears throat> Oof. So that's 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 yeah. fighting words. You know, all that, <laughs> speaking of know, TNA, they lost Allie this apparently. Yeah, she's fan of AEW. 
Yeah, see, and, and TNA was one of those, or Impact now, was, was one of those places where you kept questioning, like, why do you keep fucking over your guys who have been here and who will continue to be here for these WWE rejects that signed a one-year contract who, if oh, they have God. an opportunity, they're going to fucking leave in an instant, you know? And you saw it with, like, Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. They, they kept fucking, as soon as, you know, as soon as a new guy would come in, there was a fucking champion. ROH doesn't quite do that to that extent, but to, the to, fact to that... just clear up, Troy saying that, that Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, Mojo, as the long-standing people in Impact were passed over for... I don't want people to think that we're saying that, like, those were the fly-by-nights to come into DNA. No, those, no, Those no, were no, the no, originals. No, no. Those were the original guys who had been there for fucking years. Right. Uh, then Christian Cage came in and won the championship. Chris, okay, or... so hold on. That, that's a bit different. Christian was there for years. He was there. He was, he was not a guy who came in for a cup of coffee. The most offensive one probably was taking the title off AJ Styles and putting it on Rob Van Dam out of yes. nowhere. Yeah, yeah um, uh, Alberto El Patron was yeah. another one of those ones that oh, definitely... Austin Aries as well. Yeah, these are the guys that, and it continues to happen to this day where they just they they continue to fuck over their own guys. And you know, I mean, they they made EC3 and never capitalized on him. You know, well, and it was, was because two time champion. Well, he was a you know. focal point to that company for quite a while. But then, like I said, I mean, you've got ROH who you know. You look at oh let's let's make the fucking Briscoes ten time champions because we got you know because no we don't have the bucks so we got to have the Lex guy the, put the titles on the bouncers you know put it on put it on somebody Kelly Klein right after she wins it yeah take the title off of her and just fucking throw it on to whoever the fuck you can find in the back there and uh, with uh, with Tennille healthy I'm sure she's going to be the next champion so. Um, just because she's got that, that WWE stank still on her. Um, she but yeah, that ass. She does have that ass. It's, it's, I'm not saying she doesn't, but you know, right now, right now, the only real like homegrown guy that they've got as as one of their title guys is Jeff Cobb, and you know, like, well, what's let, let's He's see what not happens. Really homegrown for them. I mean, he he was a huge megastar on the Indies before he ever went there. Everybody's there now, sure. you know, and like that's the thing you got to look at is the guys that are there now, the guys that are going to be there for a while, and somebody like Marty, we already pretty much know as soon as that contract up, he's a ghost, mm -hmm. you know, and kudos on them for building the company around Jay Lethal, the guy who has been there for a long fucking time now. Yeah, um, you know they they definitely have rewarded him. Uh, he's going to lose that title though. <laughs> I think we know that. Um, but again, like I said, I mean, they are, to uh, me, yeah. they are also planning this uh, street fight. I don't know if you heard about this. The Bully Ray sort of issued an open challenge to a street fight. Um, the only reason I find it interesting because if you saw the promo where he issued that challenge, he ended it by saying, "You know who you are, punk." Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I uh, we know think? we know it's not happening. We know he's just doing it to try to get so. more eyes on the pie. I wouldn't think so, but he does have a long-standing history with ROH. It's going to be Cole Cabana, <laughs> most know. likely. They've already done that, though. I think I think it's got to be somebody somebody big and somebody different. If they pull Punk, like the fucking internet's going to explode. Oh sure. 
It was, but, but. I, I don't, I don't see Punk going back unless it's a one-off and that's it. That's stop. Yeah, no, no, but, very well could be. I don't know, but it can't be. They can't go back to Flip Gordon. It can't be him. Like I, I don't know who else you go with. Who was uh Who was the other um, guy in the in the Cookie Monster tag team? It's that guy. The CM Punk, the Chick Magnets, that's how he got his name. It was Chick Magnet Punk and Chick Magnet something else. Wasn't it Cole Cabana? Was it? I know that was his big rival on the Indies. I don't know. Hold on a second. It's fuck out of me. Uh, um, <clears throat> CM Venom. Okay. No fucking idea. Well, he's a nobody. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's him. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anyways, um, unless we've got anything more to say about that, nope. this will take us right into our main event. So this year's Mania has maybe felt a little underbooked, to say the least. So is this year's Mania the least anticipated ever? Um, personally... I would say no, simply because of the fact that we've had some some shit mania or some shit WrestleManias in the early onset of it. Um, and I last year was was a rough one too. Um, <laughs> and it's been partially the uh, the Roman Reigns effect. You know, last year was kind of like, well, everyone fucking knows what's going to happen. It's it's going to be, you know, Roman Reigns is going to be crowned the Universal Champion against Brock Lesnar. So everyone kind of went into it being like, it's going to fucking suck. It's just going to be Reigns. Now, obviously, that did not happen, and that was great. But the lead-up to it was the issue that we had, where everyone was kind of already assuming what was going to happen on it. Um, but, what, but what's your thoughts on it, Jason? Um, I don't know about least anticipated, um, but I'm certainly, I mean, there are a handful of matches that I haven't seen really much before that I am super interested, like Reigns and Reigns and McIntyre is a low key match. I'm very, very interested, um, to see, cause I, I want to see how that plays out. Um, I'm curious to see what they do, uh, with Finn Balor probably, I mean, maybe the Andre the Giant, I have no idea at this point, uh, we're, but then I look at other matches and it's like, they just. They feel underwhelming for this WrestleMania card. We talked about the Oscar situation. Um, do we have official tag team matches for the for either title at WrestleMania? Because I don't. So right right now, here is what we've got. We've got Lesnar versus Reigns. We've got Rousey, Lynch, and Flair. We've got Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese, which definitely doesn't fucking twitch my dick at all. Kick off show. Yep. We've got Triple H and Batista. Doesn't we've got Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin. Shane McMahon and The Miz. Okay, AJ Styles. I'm there for that. Yep. AJ Styles and Randy Orton. There for that. Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Yeah. That's going to get changed, I guarantee it right now. Yeah. Asuka against somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we've got the Androphy of the Giants, and we've got the Women's Battle Royal as well. And that's 11 matches right now. It's, they're sounding like it's going to be 17. So, yeah, we've still got the two tag team titles. That needs to be booked. We still have the IC Championship that needs to be booked. Okay, and we're two weeks out. We're two yeah. weeks out. <laughs> and this is my point. And we're, miss- 
And we're missing shit. Right. We're missing point. the fucking WWE championship, too. Do, do you want to know how you can make WrestleMania more interesting? Fucking cancel Fastlane. Give yeah. yourself yes. the entirety of the time from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania to build these stories, build these angles, and make people care so that you're not sitting here two weeks out rushing and trying to put something together because you haven't had any time to build it because you were too busy building the last pay-per-view. 100% agree on that. Don't have the pay-per-view in between. They used to do, what, the Royal Rumble and then... Two pay-per-views in between now. Yeah, I was going to say Elimination Chamber and then Fastlane, right? Yep. Yeah, it used to be it used to be Royal Rumble, and then it was Elimination um, Chamber, and then it was Mania. There was nothing in between. Yeah, which blew my mind because why risk having six guys in uh, an Elimination Chamber before Mania, risking an injury? That always confused the hell out of me. But uh, yeah, this this is a pretty low key one, but the low key ones normally turn out pretty good. Um, was it WrestleMania 30 where the, Rollins walked yeah, out? The one where Rollins won. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Too. That was very kind of low key one. Yeah. But good, damn it, that's probably my second favorite Mania in recent memory, to be yeah. 100% honest. Really good. Yeah. Every match was solid. Yeah. So who knows? They might pull their asses, pull, <laughs> pull it out their asses, and 100% make this a great paper, great Mania. Yeah, but, possible. Hope for it. As of right now, it's 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 lackluster at best. Um, but when you brought up the United States Championship match, that's going to get changed. That's going to turn into a ladder match. I have a feeling because they have three weeks, and all of a sudden they're just like, "Oh, Rey Mysterio comes out and just says, oh, 'Oh, I'm challenging him for the United States Championship.' Well, what about everybody else that has been involved for the past few weeks?" Yeah. Well, and we like I said, we have. You know, the IC belt that hasn't booked yet with Bobby mm-hmm. Lashley. Um, I don't even so want don't to see know. him anyway. No, we don't know what's going to happen with that. We don't have an Undertaker match. Um, which which is did, fine. Which we did hear that he is going to return to Saudi Arabia this year, but we do not know if he's going to be at WrestleMania or not. Um, we are missing the WWE Championship match, which will most likely be Danny Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Um, we're missing what Kevin Owens is going to be doing at, at WrestleMania. Um We've got the two tag team title matches that we have no fucking clue who's going for them right now because I think we I think we have a general idea that it's going to be Black Ashay versus the Revival, um, but for the SmackDown side of things, who fucking knows? We've got the Usos and like their most recent challengers are facing each other, so uh, you know who knows what we do for that. And like I said, like like Jason said, we have two weeks to book fucking two two titles on SmackDown. So, which we've been doing the one, I get it, but the other one, again, like, this is supposed to be the renewed interest in tag team wrestling? When we can't book anything? They're murdering it. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, I'll be watching, you'll be watching, you'll be watching, everyone will be watching. Oh, yeah. Um, But but in terms of of our, maybe maybe that's for the better, though. Maybe it's for the better that we go in thinking it's going to be shit, because then we'll be, our expectations will be low and we'll, we'll enjoy it more. You know, half the time, you know, when when you get hyped up about a new movie or stuff like that, you wind up kind of, you know, blowing your load before you get a chance to even walk in a theater. So, <laughs> and, uh, and the beauty what, of what? today's product is, even if the WrestleMania card doesn't do it for you, the NXT Takeover one will. So, oh god, yeah. 
Oh yeah. yeah. That is a that is a card that we, uh, we talked about yesterday. Is shaping up to be a fucking blow your dick off event. You know, that that is tough to follow for the WWE guys because you get all that fast paced flippy action and don't get me wrong, I I love the takeovers, but that is so hard to follow. Even though it's WrestleMania that is a huge challenge for them because everybody's expecting these great matches and stuff. Like, for instance, last year they had Shinsuke and AJ. That match was fucking was like terrible. Three years yeah. ago. Oh, Shinsuke and AJ at Mania, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That, that match was fucking awful. I hated it. And I think everybody was expecting the, uh, was it uh, NJPW when yeah. they when they went over in Japan? Yeah. So everybody was expecting that match, and it didn't even come close. And well, because they can't work that same style in WWE, and that's sort of well, why. And, yeah. Shinsuke has, has floundered a bit, too. He can't work yep. the style that, that he does so well. But what re- I think something that got thrown a wrench is when they brought Pritchard in. They don't know what he's doing, but yet, at the same time, he gets brought in. Who knows? He could have he told them, no, we're not doing this, no, we're not doing this. He could have been in Vince's ear and all this stuff, so he could have been th- thrown a wrench into it. Or they just have no fucking clue what they've been doing for the past Couple months. But who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 lackluster at best. But hey, like Troy said, you know, we might be like, oh, this paper is going to be all right, and it ends up being amazing. But I'm walking into it, watching it, saying, well, okay, let's let's see what we got here. Let's see what they can pull off. Right. But that's my opinion on the lead up to Mania. All right. Of course, we will have more uh, in the coming weeks here, and obviously we will be doing a a great big prediction episode uh, in two weeks um, where we kind of break down our thing. And most likely what I expect is we're also going to, uh, in that that episode leading up to WrestleMania, we're also going to kind of give our predictions or at least what we want to see in the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. You know, who we want to see brought up, you know what kind of kind of returns we might want to see and things like that. Um, but with that, we will go ahead and shut her down and take her home by talking about what's going on in the independent area. The stars of Bruce Cedar Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin, on Friday, March twenty second. That is tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, with March Meltdown. Bell time is seven thirty p.m. Doors open at six forty five. Tickets are ringside twenty dollars in advance. Sixty dollar purchase on brucecedarwrestling one dot com using PayPal or eighteen dollars at the door. And stay after the party with us at the Elks Lodge. Family fun for all ages. Already signed a Bruce City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship match between Max Holiday and Dysfunction. The Bruce City Wrestling Heritage Championship will be online as demented Chucky Bates takes on Doc Simmons. Simons, sorry. Uh, former BFFs collide as Beer City Bruiser takes on the Bruiser Nick Colucci. Bruce City Wrestling Women's Championship will be online at a fatal four way as Smiley Kylie Ray takes on Evil Sierra. Uh, Valent, sorry, uh, they updated the names, but they did not update the the actual thing. It is not a fatal four way. <laughs> Because Vanessa Azora has a concussion. It is actually a triple threat match. Smiley Kylie Ray takes on Evil Sierra and Valentina Loca. Thanks, BCW. Uh, Filth King and Nick Brubaker will take on GPA, and Kiko Alonso will take on CJ Esparza. More Fandemonium matches will not be announced soon because it's tomorrow. BruceCityWrestling1.com. For more information, go to Twitter, BCW1, or Instagram, Bruce City Wrestling. 
All right. So the next one is going to be Liberty States Wrestling along with Ring of Honor superstar Brian Malonis in conjunction with the Pinkerton Academy class of 2019 proudly bring pro wrestling back to Derry, New Hampshire at 7 p.m. on March 30th at the Hackler Gymnasium on campus of Pinkerton Academy. Tickets at astromaniaLSW.com. General admission floor are $20. General admission bleachers are 15 If you purchase tickets online in advance, you'll get early admission on the night of the event. The following matches consist of Ring of Honor superstars, the Bouncers, Beer City Bruiser, and Brian Malonis versus the Logan Brothers, Brian and Matt. Liberty States Wrestling Championship, the unequaled one, Todd Sopel versus Vern Vicalo. Vern's got to be looking for some revenge on that one. Yeah. Not, yeah. 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 It's going to yeah. be good. Yeah. Not America's Sweetheart, Davian versus the Widow Belmont. That's going to be a good one right there. Always a good one. Yes. Johnny Vegas versus the King of Dad Style, Scotty Slade. Setherin with Vanity Vixen versus Pinkerton alumni Bryce Clayton. Also, Robo the Punjabi Lion versus the Son of All. Chase Del Monte versus Nico Silva in many, many, many more. That's going to be a pretty good show for them, guys. Yeah, looking forward to that. Unfortunately, I will be joining Test of Strength and Heel Shit Apparel at the Bennu House as they present Lone Survivor on March 30th in Northampton. Pre-order tickets now, $15 front row, $10 general admission. Go to paypal.me slash team SWB. All tickets will be $5 more at the door, so you're better off to do it in pre-order. Doors are at 6 p.m. First match begins at 7 p.m. The main event, an armed lumberjack match for the Test of Strength Championship as hard-hitting Bobby Ocean defends the title against Dan DeMann. Test of Strength Tag Team Title Tournament Finals will take place as the Kowalski guys, Jay Freddy and SWB, take on Above the Influence. The Lone Survivor, number one contender for the Test of Strength Championship match, Five Star Jace takes on Bo Douglas, takes on Ray Jazz, Dominic De Niro, Jiggy Sosa, and Ryan Frost of Fox Vineyard and Corey Dillinger. Lots of names in this thing. Uh, one of those guys is going to be the number one contender for the Test of Strength Championship. Four-way tag team matches, the main state posse, the Bellow Twins, the Congregation, and the Filthy Family square off. Thomas Centel issues an open challenge. There's a mixed tag team match as Elijah Six, Mike Skyros, Kevin Cartwright with Jay Bricks and Richard E. Stone Esquire take on El Jabroni, Rick Recon, and DJ Simone. Also, JT Dunn will make his Test of Strength Wrestling debut. Are you done? You sure there wasn't a couple more names you wanted to throw on there? (laughs) All right. SCW, Milwaukee's only R-rated professional wrestling organization, has added an early show. This one is PG-13, so hold all of your uh, drugs and alcohol until after this event. Uh, Ringside is $10. Second, third, and general admission is $5. Doors open at 12.30 p.m. Bell time is 1 p.m. till 3 p.m. After that, they will kick out all the kitties, and all of you maniacs can get down and dirty. The main event will be Special Forces. I can see you doing that. Uh, Garrison Creed and Blazing Benjamin, will, as they will take on the Foley Foundation. A six-man Tahiti match between Bear Osotoko and Mystery Partners, as they take on the Caribbean Arrogance, Rico de la Vega, Jay Manny, and Chuck. Shoots and Wanderers, <laughs> Shooter Scar Marciano and AC Riley with Val, Val Malone, will take on the power of fl- uh, and flight, Drake Daniels and Doc Simons. 
Resort Life Captain Spicoli and his Andy Dickens will take on Andy O. Dickens. We'll take on Knight Riders Damon Knight and Jacob Hoffman. Simon Says with Mrs. Says will take on Kaz Carter. Then ICW presents the Hardcore Deathmatch from the Lapica Lounge. Uh, March 31st, doors open at 4 p.m. Ringside is sold out already. Second and third rows, $20. General mission, $20. Eight new non-hardcore wrestlers will be put in hardcore death matches to bust their cherries. I Those imagine, people... like, ICW fans <laughs> sit in the front row with, like, big tarps like they're at a Gallagher concert. <laughs> Just cause... Like you're at a Blue Man Group concert. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the fucking... The, the the fucking diseases must be just flying. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Five dollars per ticket. If you don't come away with hepatitis, it's free. You know. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. And a thumbtacks carpet strips match. Kyle Crow takes <laughs> on Riley Jackson. A barboy or bat and boards match. Tyler Sullivan and Jack Blackwell. Um... A fans bring the weapons match, Eddie Only and Zach McGuire. A kitchen massacre match between Stonehenge and Ricky or Noreen. And then the winners of that will face off in a fatal four-way elimination match with a mystery stipulation. Uh, catch that before one of the workers dies. <laughs> <laughs> APW returns on Saturday, April 6th. The 6 p.m. bell time as we present Spring Loaded 8 at the Newbury Elks Lodge at 25 Low Street. Already announced APW heavyweight champion Dynamite Danny Miles will defend against former champion making his return, the Devil's Reject Brandon Webb. APW New England champion Demon Ortiz will defend his title against hard-hitting Bobby Ocean. Also, we will see the return of Slick Wagner Brown as he takes on the masshole Mike McCarthy in a number one contenders match for the APW New England championship. Uh, one of those guys, Slick Wagner Brown, former APW New England champion. More yep. matches and debuts will be announced over the next few weeks. Get your tickets now before they are sold out. Check Atlantic Pro Wrestling on Facebook or go to AtlanticProWrestling.com for more details. And that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, March 21st, 2019. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Go to instagram.com slash rundownwrestling to see a bunch of shit that we post on there. Leave us a voicemail, 617-863-6967. That's 61rundown7. We're on Patreon. You can head on over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. All patrons receive early access to shows on the Rundown feed, as well as some swag and original content. Uh, also, when you subscribe at the $20 level, you get a T-shirt. Check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, for more information on all of our great shows, such as the Nitromania podcast, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, Making the Grade, NXT Revisited, ROH Dishonorable Discharge, Glow Stick, and WrestleMania Salvation. You can listen to our friends, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com slash thewpan or thewpan.com. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on his show Yesterland Waltz. Go to yesterlandwaltz.com or watch on your Roku through the RNTV app or the 24-7 Retro app. You can follow our host on Twitter at RockstarTroy, at JStewart0920, at JohnnyAnalog, and at Karma underscore RX. What's that? Hmm? Was that you who put that on there? What is that? I don't know. I have no idea what that is. All right, let's go ahead and figure out what the hell that is. 
because none of us knows what that is. <laughs> Karma <laughs> underscore RX. Mm-hmm. Let's check out. Karma underscore RX. What do you know? It's a whore. All right. Thanks, Jason. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks to everyone. For <laughs> what? Please. Like what? Please. please I was me. wondering whose that was. I was like, that's a new one. Did somebody make a new one? <laughs> you know, I saw it earlier and I was like, I should probably take a look at that. Then <laughs> I was just like, nah, fuck it. Um, I do hope that, that this, if this episode is not called... Oh, that's a whore. I'm going to be upset. <laughs> um, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. I, I don't get what the problem is. Why do you have... What, what do you have against whores? I don't have any problem against whores. I mean, really, it's... it's there's no oh reason. My God. There's no reason to have a problem with a young girl trying to make her way in the world. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> I'm, hey man, I'm somebody who who definitely has an affinity for porn, so I just well, hope that she gets a couple new followers, or then she shouts it out to us. Well, always remember, premium is officially free. <laughs> Jesus there Christ! Thanks to you, Jimmy, for being here. Yeah, hey, no problem. I appreciate it. This is quite an interesting ending to the show. Um, I'm glad that uh, you guys had me back on again. Greatly appreciate it, and. Um, you know, I had fun tonight, and it's good to be back. Awesome. So, next week, we will yet again continue to pleasure ourselves to pictures of beautiful women. Or whatever other videos pop on. But I guess that means we will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. This has been a production of the Rundown Wrestling Network. If you're interested in having your podcast or join the Rundown Wrestling Network, please email us via rundownwrestling at gmail.com for more information. Thank you for listening.